0: Engaging Leader, episode 164. The one thing to do this week for extraordinary results. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. What's the one thing you can do this week such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? What a powerful question. It's one that I've been wrestling with over the past week as I've started reading the book, The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. This book is one that has been recommended to me several times that I've heard very successful people comment on this book, quote this book over the past year. And I finally put it on my list, bought the book, and was just waiting for the right time to dig into it. And that time is now. And I decided to, instead of just tearing through the book, to take it one week at a time. There's 16 chapters in the book. I'm sorry, there are 18 chapters in the book. And I decided to force myself to methodically Put each chapter into practice, and they're very short chapters. I actually don't know if I'll be able to wait a whole week in between, but so far I'm doing that, and I thought you might find it helpful too to join me on that journey. There's so many books, so little time, and especially time to really work through a book and talk to people about it. Um, have some back and forth. So if you are interested in either picking up the book yourself and joining with me in this journey, or just listening to the podcast as I briefly summarize the chapters and uh, how I'm putting it into practice. At the same time, I've also, my my dad is working through the book together, and so he and I are actually spending a whole hour every week talking through the chapters, challenging each other, asking questions, And exploring with each other, essentially coaching each other on how to put this into practice. It's a very powerful book. Briefly, I want to just tell you that the author is Gary Keller. He's the founder and chairman of the board for Keller Williams Realty, which is the world's largest real estate franchise. By agent count. He's uh, somebody I'd actually already been paying attention to ever since uh, even before I heard about this book. Uh, It's a very quickly growing company uh, and Gary has led uh, Keller Williams to 30 consecutive years of growth and profitability. So he's not just an author or a consultant or a college professor, as good as those roles are. Whenever there's an actual CEO or company founder, that writes a book that I can learn from as a leader, uh, I'm very, very interested in that. And this is a very powerful book and a very short book, so what's not to like about it? So the first chapter is simply called The One Thing. And it, I think, boils down to this question to ask yourself, what's the one thing you can do? And I throw in this week because it forces us to get very clear on our actual day-to-day work. We tend to think in terms of um, weeks, what did I get done this week? You can get frustrated by what you did or didn't get done in a day, but I think true progress often in the business world is, is measured in our heads anyway by what did we do this week? And it's also how in the book, uh, Gary, when he talks, uh, tells a story of the early days of his of his company and leading, leading the team that, um, he would ask, he had these weekly, uh, coaching meetings with his direct reports, one-on-ones, if you will. And, uh, was, but it wasn't just touching base on different projects. It was uh, actual coaching them. And, uh, he discovered that over time, as, as you can imagine, you'd get done to the end of one of those conversations and they would summarize, okay, so what are you going to do this weekend? There'd be five things. Okay. So next week, let's get back together and you tell me about the five things that you committed to doing. And that just, what he found uh, repeatedly was, especially over time, people were not getting anywhere close to those five things done. It was, they were just being scattered and often they didn't get any of those done. And so he would shorten it like, okay, this week, um, let's just focus on three things. Okay. And uh, maybe at first they would get two or three of them done. But over time, it, the weeks were not being effective. So he eventually got at the question. He started ending each of those coaching sessions with this question. It's the one I asked at the top of, the, of this episode. What's the one thing you can do this week such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? There's a lot of wrapped up in that question. But one is this question of, can you focus on one thing at a time? And Gary maintains that behind every successful person is their one thing. No matter how success is measured, personal or professional, only the ability to dismiss distractions and concentrate on your one thing stands between you and your goals. So I want to break that down into two parts. There's this, the first half of the question is, is what's one thing? And so I think we need to decide, do we believe that that's really important, just to focus on one thing? And secondly, everything else being easier or unnecessary. And I want to break that down as well. So first of all, one thing. longtime listeners know that I like to quote this information from research provided by Franklin Covey. And they found, if you aim for one to three goals, you'll achieve... One to three of them. If you aim for four to ten goals, guess how many goals you'll achieve? Only one to two, according to the, the statistics and the research. So you're actually going backwards if you set more than three goals. And if you aim for 11 to 20 goals, what's your guess on how many goals you'll achieve? Exactly zero. So the fewer goals that you focus on at any given time, the more likely you are to accomplish them. And uh, no, even though I knew that research, three years ago, I set some goals for the year. And uh, I remember I, I narrowed it down to three must-have goals uh, that I really needed to accomplish. And I shared it with my wife, Erin, and she said, you know, you Jesse, you always quote that research from Franklin Covey, is it a little bit risky that um, you're shooting for three? I mean, and I said, well, you know, they say if you aim for one to three goals, you'll achieve one to three of them. And But, you know, the writing on the, is on the wall already at three, you're already spreading yourself a bit thin. So, uh, but I said, you know, I just can't see it feeling really good about this year if I don't get all three of these done. So fast forward a year later, as I was evaluating my year, I realized I only got one of them done. And uh, I made, I, I, would, I didn't even feel that great about the one goal. It wasn't like I really knocked it out of the park. And I made pretty mediocre progress on the other two. So I would say for me, uh, I'm ripe, very very, um, I'm reading this book one thing with very open ears. Plus, I've been just seeing so much other research that shows that the truly effective people and teams, are very clear in their focus. Now, that's not to say that you don't ever do anything else in life. I mean, you you've got uh, other responsibilities, uh, even in your work and in your job. There's there's maybe less some less important things, but in, in any given day and certainly in any given week, are you really focused like a bulldog on the one thing that you know is going to make a difference? And Gary uses the phrase "go small" whenever you want the absolute best chance to succeed, he's suggesting that you go small, which is to ignore all the things that you could do and do what you should do. That extraordinary results are directly determined by how narrow you make your focus. So obviously you could go overboard and and have a focus so narrow that it's almost impossible not to hit it and maybe it wouldn't even be a a big goal, a big enough uh, goal to you. That's kind of the why you get to the, the second part of that question um, to make sure it's a, it's the right one thing to be shooting for. But if you want the best chance of being successful, focus on one thing. Go small. Have a very narrow focus. Now contrast that with what most people do. Uh, most people do the opposite. They get lost trying to do too much, so they end up accomplishing too little. It's like my story from a couple of years ago and i can think i don't even have to think back a couple of years ago i can think back to yesterday that even though i actually started my day with a great intention to get the one thing that i had foc- to, decided to focus on this week when it was time when the day was done and i was connecting with my wife at dinner time i had her I feel pretty frustrated about the day. I, I was busy, worked hard all day, but I can't say that I really got anything done that was super important. And so, um, and even as I reflected on it, I kind of got ticked at myself for letting the whole day go by. And so after dinner, I usually, this is not usually a good thing for me to do. Um, to say, I prefer to set myself up for a for a uh, more relaxing evening and rest and recharge so I can hit the next day with high energy. But I just, I had to go back and I I worked for two hours on the one thing that I had previously determined was my one thing for the week. And then I definitely felt better that I had made significant progress on that. So I hate that feeling. I'm sure you've experienced it too, of getting to the end of the day and just feeling that you were scattered. And that is what most people do. That's why most people don't produce extraordinary results so if you can do this if you can if you can learn how to implement this one thing principle as a practice in your life and uh, even teach the people on your team especially your direct reports to do the same wow what kind of powerful results can you produce and you know when you think about that distracting feeling where you're You're trying to do too much, and so you end up accomplishing too little. The real danger is that over time, when that happens, people tend to lower their expectations and even abandon their dreams. And so you just start settling for standard results instead of going big, going with things that you're really passionate about, things that can really make a difference in your life and the life of others. So Gary reminds us, too, that you only have so much time and energy. And you need to be doing fewer things for maximum effect. So instead of being too spread thin, focus on fewer things, make the best use of the time and energy that you have. So fewer things for more effect. And stop doing the opposite, which is more things with little side effects. I think Gary points out quite correctly, that even if that works, when you're doing more things with side effects, it brings a lot of bad with it. All that activity tends to create stress, it tends to create an overly active mind, and so you're likely to lose sleep. Uh, You're more likely to have a, a poor diet, no exercise, and missed moments with family and friends. You're just juggling too many balls. And so it's better to to stop doing more things with side effects and instead do fewer things for greater effect. And there's just book after book and study after study coming out these days that proves that fact. And so focus on one thing at a time. Now what that one thing is we're going to get into later, but I want to look at the second part of the question here. The question starts out, what's the one thing you can do this week such that And here's the second part. By doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. And Gary points out that it's actually easier to get what you want than you might imagine. And I think 20 years ago, I probably would have disagreed with that statement because I was just at that stage in life when I had to work hard to, heck, pay the bills, feed my family. And uh, it felt like digging uh, as hard as I could to to just make a living. But with the perspective that time brings, I think that is 100% true, that it's easier to get what you want than you might imagine. And a lot of the times, we're actually making things harder for ourselves. And if we had a better focus and we were focusing on the right things, success and business results and just life satisfaction would be easier than you would imagine. This, th- this all brought to my mind some really powerful other questions that were suggested by Tim Ferriss in his book Tools of Titans, and I would recommend that to you as well. I picked that up about a year ago. It's a very big book, and so I kind of just read it a little bit at a time. Very inspirational, lots of really good nuggets and uh, tr- tricks and um, tips and apps and so forth that uh, are suggested by very successful people in life that Tim Ferriss has interviewed. Uh, Tim Ferriss, of course, is best known for writing The Four Hour Workweek. So there's a, a chapter in that where Tim shares some of his, the questions that he asks himself on a regular basis, and especially when he's sort of doing goal planning or trying to uh, reflect on. His past and future, and what's he gonna do? And um, this, I think, these questions would help you figure out what is that that one thing you can be doing, such that everything else would be easier or unnecessary. Some of these are really challenging, creative questions. So here's the first one that Tim asked in Tools of Titans, and uh, he actually asked this one in Four Hour Work Week. So if you've read that book, you may remember this one. He said, "If I could work, if I was only able to work two hours per week, what would I do?" I'm like, what the heck? Two hours per week—that's even crazier than a four-hour work week. But just imagine yourself—if—if uh, if you had, let's say you had a health condition that uh, actually only allowed you to work two hours per week, but you had to do something to make a living, to keep your company successful, or or whatever, what would you do? And it sounds crazy, but I have to tell you, I asked myself that question uh, a few times. And I did it again at the beginning of this past year. And it caused me to then look at the, I sort of did an 80-20 analysis. You know, what are the 20% of the efforts that I'm doing that are bringing about 80% of the results? What are are those really good things that I really should be focusing my time on? And conversely, what's the... uh, What's the, the the 20% of my work that's causing 80% of my problems? Or um, you know, what things can I cut out? Can I eliminate twenty, at least 20% that really isn't adding that much value? Or that I could delegate to somebody else. I could either eliminate it or automate it or delegate it. And it was hard to see clearly until I asked myself that question. Man, if I really only could work two hours a week, obviously I would need to focus on these things. And I would have to find some other way to get those things done or just let them not happen at all. So it's a really tough but insightful question to ask yourself. Second question, what if I could only subtract to solve questions, uh, to solve problems? What if I could only subtract to solve problems? So another way to look at that is what should we what should I simplify? Or what should I put on my not-to-do list? And this was where this past week when I was deciding what was my one thing that I should be focusing on this week, it was actually something to get off of my to-do list. And I actually even felt a little bit sheepish bringing that up with my dad. But I said, you know, there, there's a, a, a board that I'm on That's a not-for-profit. I have a significant leadership role on this board. And I still love what the organization is doing. I believe in it. But for the past year now, and I've been on a number of years, but for the past a full year, I just haven't had uh, the the passion about my particular role, the work I'm doing. And in my quiet times in the morning when I'm reflecting and praying, It just comes up like, I really think it's probably time for me to leave the the board. I'm not sure I'm doing anybody a favor by staying on it. And every single time I need to do something, it's um, a negative. It's like, oh, I got to take care of this. I got to take care of that. There has been zero joy in the work that I've been doing uh, lately. And it's probably time for me to leave. But that particular board... um, I, it just was my role there is is so big, and I, I felt somewhat. Um, and I keep hearing from the other board members that I, I guess I, I'm indispensable. That's that's probably not the right way to look at it, but that's what it feels like. And so I and I didn't want to rush it. So first of all, I waited several months before I was firm in that decision, and um, finally, like, yep, it's the feeling that that is not going away and so i informed them a few months ago that i needed to leave the board and i knew that uh, the different the role that i was filling was a big enough one it might take some time to fill that and um so i set a sort of a deadline for when i was going to leave um and that deadline is quickly upon us and it's there's they are it, 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 there's no way I can actually leave. I mean, they're like begging me to to stay longer. So, uh, but all along, it's taking a lot of mental energy on my point. Um, so it's, in any given day or any given week, I have like this, this psychic energy that is being um, taken from me because I'm essentially in a role that is not really doing me, that's not really serving my, current purpose at this season in life so what should i put on my not to-do list like i need to get that off of my to-do list and what if i can only subtract to solve problems i i need to I, i gotta accelerate my departure from that board so what's the what's the one thing i can do this week such that by doing it everything would be else would be easier or unnecessary it may not sound exciting compared to actually coming up with a strategic focus or whatever but right now it would save me a lot of psychic energy and time to take some actions to accelerate leaving the board. So that's what my my focus is right now. That's not to say I'm not doing any other work or not serving my clients or whatever. But every day I'm making sure that I am uh, m- making that happen. That I am doing something to move that goal forward. So that's just an example, and and how basically how asking those questions, I. Landed on the current focus for the for this week. Uh, the sa- the next question is: Am I hunting antelope or field mice? And this is a, an interesting metaphor that um, Tim shares. It was actually a, a a story a metaphor that Newt Gingrich um, shared, and Tim Tim read a, a read about the story, but he points out that a lion is fully capable of capturing, killing, and eating a field mice, a field mouse. But the calories from that field mouse are actually less than the energy that would be required to hunt down that mouse. So a lion hunting field mice would slowly starve to death. What a lion needs to hunt and eat is an antelope. So if you, you know, it may seem if you put yourself in the lion's shoes and it, just think of me yesterday I got I did a whole bunch of work and I got a bunch of things done but at the end of the day I felt dissatisfied and it's like that lion I was like I was that lion hunting field mice all day long hey got another one and of course there's this little you know dopamine hit in your brain when you get to check something off your to-do list or you respond to an email you you uh, take care of something somebody asked you in an email. But <laughs> what, that's their priority, not necessarily yours. And so you get to the end of the day, and guess what? You're starving to death. You, you're, you're consuming more energy than you actually uh, than results that you actually produced. So at the end of the day, ask yourself, did I spend the day chasing mice or hunting antelope? And you want to make sure that you, the one thing is helping you hunt antelope. Another question is, look at your to-do list. This is very similar to the question we're getting from the One Thing book. Look at your to-do list on any given day. And I don't know about you, but I often, uh, today, I look at my to-do list, and I have, uh, looks like, at least 10 things on here. Kind of crazy. But what's the one thing? Look at that to-do list and ask yourself, which one of these would render all the rest either easier or completely irrelevant? And if you don't have one on your list, then you need to think one of those up because there's something that you could do today that might render all the rest either easier or completely irrelevant because, as Gary says, your success is actually easier than you might imagine. And the last question to ask yourself, suggested by Tim Ferriss, is what would this look like if it were easy? What would this look like if if it were easy? And he says that if you're stressed, stretched thin, or overworked, it's usually because you're over-complicating something or failing to take the simple or easy path. And uh, this just actually came up in that very same uh, nonprofit where um, we re- were pretty quickly coming to the realization that uh, the bookkeeping process that we that has kind of grown over the years there is way over complicated it's taking the bookkeeper way too long it's it's uh probably silly for an organization of that size to have that much time on bookkeeping and it's making it difficult to staff that role and so somehow we're overcomplicating it we're failing to take the simple or easy path and uh, i i personally have um you know the whole continuous improvement and lean Movement is all about taking a look at things and finding the simpler way eliminating steps finding the um, d- d- Eliminating the waste from from any given process and they keep finding over and over again that it's basically something like 95% of any given process is actually waste. It's not actually adding value and So if you take time to analyze that process, you can usually pretty easily eliminate 50% of the waste in, in one, uh, pass through that one analysis and one reworking of the process. And, uh, I, f- I found that just in my own accounting and bookkeeping. Um, it was, it was just over a year ago. I, 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 I took a step back and I said, you know, I think I've got my own accounting and bookkeeping way too complicated. And I am going to, it was part of that process where I, if I was imagining myself only being able to work two hours per week, and I realized, I think I'm spending at least two hours a week just on accounting, bookkeeping, administrative type stuff. And I'm going to, I'm going to whack that. I'm going to do a lean process on it, sort of my own Kaizen. And it really was, I mean, it made a huge difference, totally um, took something that was overcomplicated and made it much simpler and easier. So Look for the simple solution. If the answer isn't simple, it's probably not the right answer. So I can remember about a year ago when my one thing for a period of time was to, to do a hard analysis of that accounting process, and it totally answered that question, what's the one thing I could do that would render all the rest either easier or completely irrelevant? I mean... Doing that shortened my to-do list in a big way. So, not that every single question that we ask is going to be the right question to help you, but when you are when you think about your week, this coming week, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? And as we go through this book, we'll, we'll dig into sort of what's your big one thing, like longer term. But for right now, I found it really helpful just to focus on this week, what can you do that would be just a a big step toward extraordinary results. Think about it for yourself, focus on it, and start encouraging your team to have a narrower focus and make sure you're not being part of their problem by distracting them with changing priorities and too many priorities every day. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. I'll provide links to the two books that I mentioned, uh, The One Thing and Tools of Titans, in the show notes for this episode, which you can find on our website at engagingleaner.com forward slash 164 as in episode 164. Our thanks to Monica Harrison, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers.